Podcast yet to be named, million listeners. You know the drill if you've been with us since our first week last week, our inaugural episode. My name is John Tomlinson. Joined me as Spencer Barnaby, my co-host. We're glad to be here and got kind of a lot on the slate. Um, you know, baseball is coming into the primest part of the postseason. It's been an exciting first round of the postseason also for baseball if you're a big fan like we are. Um, but alongside that, too, there's been a lot of drama in between the NFL and the NBA, uh, which we're looking forward to diving into. But like I said, joins me is Spencer Barnaby. Spencer, how are we doing? It's been a pretty pretty busy week of sports. It's been pretty <laughs> fun to follow. It feels yeah. like it's been about two weeks since yeah. our last episode. That's how much sports has been going that's, on. That's a really good point. I didn't think yeah. about that. It's funny. We recorded last week Thursday, and here we are again, and it's like, oh my gosh. So right? much has happened. Yeah. There has been a lot to happen. But let's start with baseball, okay? Which, I, it's funny, because I think that's got probably like the least amount of impact, at least in the political scheme, right. um, that we've been seeing in, in, in an impact. But... I would like to say that so far, my Red Sox, uh, who were my pick, are still playing in the postseason. And dang, they look good. Uh, real good. They look real good. So we've got we've got Red Sox versus Astros, which I saw coming. Um, that I'm series sorry. is going to be twenty runs a game. D- did That's you gonna see? Be absurd. Have you seen the um, Have you seen the meme? I don't know if it's real or not, but apparently, apparently. Um, this like breaking thing. It's like the MLB is setting up like electromagnets to throw off the cameras that the Red Sox and Astros use to steal signs. No kidding. Yeah, I'm serious. That's I've seen this like all over Instagram. I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> I I wouldn't put it past anything at this point. No, so. for real. We'll and then, see. So so then though, on the other side of the NL, we've got the Braves who won, and then we've also got now the Dodgers and Giants teeing off tonight to uh, game. in Game Five, and Webb is on the mound. Which is going to be su- it's going to be such a good game five. These two teams have never faced each in the postseason, and it comes down to a game five series. Unbelievable! It's crazy. Really wish this was the CS to an extent, st- yeah, instead of the DS. But it makes yeah. it's the way it goes. It'd be a great World Series, even too. Excuse It'd be my voice crack. Yeah. No, but for real though, <laughs> puberty's tough. I don't know. No, yeah, yeah, man, <laughs> almost twenty two and still hitting me hard. No, I don't know what it is today. No, but how about the Braves though? Freddie Frederick. I love Freddie Freeman. Frederick Freeman. <laughs> Unbelievable. That was crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I was looking at the game and it's really funny. My parents, so I mean, we're both Cardinals fans. My dad was like, well, they won the Central. So, you know, you want the team who, who kind of wins your division to win. And I was like, Mm-mm. I was like, no, I'm no. from Kenosha, Wisconsin. And I was like, I hate the Brewers. I was so glad to watch them lose. Yeah, I And the way they lost, I was like, let's go. I was like, yeah. screw you. <laughs> I never I never got the argument of wanting to see your division rivals succeed because it makes yeah. your division look better. I've I, firm, I, I, like, I agree. adamantly root against when the Cubs, 2016. Rooted against them as hard as you possibly could. Agreed. Almost bought an Indians jersey. I mean... For real. Who would you have bought? Probably Lindor at the time, although I was a big Jason Kipnis fan. I That's funny. So, I was going to be like, oh, wait, let me guess. Kipnis. Yeah. Dirtbag. I, oh. Both of them were pretty... I don't know okay. why. Like, he goes against everything I like in a baseball player, but mm-hmm. for some reason, I just... That postseason, I just like... Probably because he's playing the Cubs, so that's everyone fair. looked good to me. That's fair. But... That was a great... Po- oh. Tough game. I, I love that postseason, though. That was a great World Series, whether, whether you're a Cub or – I don't care. If you're a baseball fan, that was a great World great Series. Great World Series. Okay, but so flipping the script. Yeah. So let's talk really quick. Baseball. Yeah. So if if the Dodge who, – who do you have winning this game five? So – Because it's gone it's gone win-loss, win-loss, right. right? So it's been an even series, yeah. home or away, mm-hmm. but it's game five, determining game. What do you see happening our, tonight? Our first podcast, I had – I went – Sort of cheesy. I had Giants Rays in the World Series. Obviously, Rays yeah. are done now. Yeah. The, by the way, before I say, did you see the guy who's it was Barnwell, some guy on MLB who gave out his uh, pre postseason picks of like okay. who's going all the way? He had Cardinals versus Brewers in the NLCS. He had White Sox versus Yankees in the oh, he's ALCS. Wrong every turn. Was wrong at every single game. <laughs> So no matter what I say now, I cannot be that bad. Okay. Um, well, that's good. Yeah. It's t- look. It's going to be pretty good. It's going to be great pitching. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, Dodgers are confident in pretty much every With, guy in their rotation. Because I think Urias is going to be on the on the podium yeah. for them tonight. Yeah. Which so, he's been great in the postseason. He's for been them. unbelievable. But Webb, I feel like hasn't gotten enough credit attention this season, especially as of late. He's been. Absolutely unbelievable. Game one was awesome. I mean, yeah. 10 strikeouts to like six and a third. Yeah. I mean, he was amazing. He's unbelievable. So it's hard to pick against them. 
I just I don't know. Here's my issue. I still can't figure out how the the Giants are this good. I said it like in July, and I still can't figure it out. I don't know what they do that's better than any other team in baseball. They don't have the best pitching. They don't have the best lineup. I don't know what it is that makes them win. But it's been a. Fa- it's. I think the best way I've seen it described is that it's it's almost like the Giants have hit like a fountain of youth. Yeah. Because I swear, you know, Wilmer Flores doing what he's been doing. Crawford's been outstanding. Granted, yep. like, it's hard not to love Brandon Crawford. Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys that, I don't know, I feel like in the MLB you're just like, man, it's hard not to like that guy. Just a good ball As player. As a player, yeah. right? He stayed with the same team. It's not like Justin Turner for the Dodgers. You're like, right. man, like, it's just... He's just cool, right? Yeah. He's been a career guy. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, keep going, but I definitely hear you there. No, yeah, so I'm just, I'm thinking about it, but I just can't figure it out. But at the same time, I don't want to bet against him. Dodgers, for me, the watching the Dodgers this season, their lineup has done well, again, considering the pitching they face. Like, they haven't played teams, they haven't played a game where they're supposed to put up 10 runs. They've put, right. They face pretty good pitching right. from Cardinals to Giants. Yeah. But at the same time, they haven't just, I feel like, had that breakthrough. I mean, they did have a good um, previous game, but I feel like they haven't had... Yeah, game that, four was a little more widespread. A little bit more widespread, but yeah. I just I haven't seen from them just this, I don't know, breakout that I've been looking for. I don't even know how to describe it. And the Giants have just been so consistent that I don't know how you just don't roll with that team. Granted, I thought Rays were going to win, so my opinion means nothing, but... I gotta go. I'm just gonna go Giants just because whatever they're doing works, mm-hmm. and I don't want to bet against it. It's funny. So you know, come last week, last week it was the game after the wild card series was set. It was and Cardinals were out, um, Yankees were out. Like I said, stage was set. I had Red Sox, Dodgers, right? Yeah. Um, as much as I would love to see the Dodgers lose, honestly, mm-hmm. like like not like nothing malicious. I just you know. That's like Brandon Crawford said, you know, from a, from a young age, I've learned to hate the Dodgers. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty fair, right? So right. I'm excited for a really fun game five. For instance, I think that it's going to be a tight matchup. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be anything short of, um, of a long game. You know, and we're gonna see we're gonna see everything in the kitchen sink thrown in the series um, right now. It all comes down to Game Five, right? We see it. In, we see it in every elimination game for every team, right? It's everything in the kitchen sink, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm excited to see just how this game turns out tonight. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be good. So I wouldn't rule out extra innings either. This, yeah. I think this game could be unbelievable. And it's the great part about it is the Giants Dodgers. That it's not like this sort of malicious rivalry where mm-hmm. it's. Like, Yankees-Boston kind of fluctuates depending on decade, whether or not it's friendly or not. Sometimes yeah. it's pretty gritty. But Giants-Dodgers is just like, they're in the same division. They don't like each other, but they don't... It's not this sort of deep hate. It's just like, we want to beat you. And like, yeah. it's a, it's set up for Such a, a great, great competition. Yeah, yes, it's going to be awesome. I agree. Oh, man. It's going to be it's gonna be good. Yeah. So who's your pick coming out of the game, though? Let's just go. Yeah, like I said, I just have to go with... I have to go with Giants. I, I mean, Web, besides Webb being unbelievable... Whatever they're doing just works with that lineup. Credit, I don't love uh, Gabe Kapler, I believe is their manager. Mm-hmm. I don't love him, but whatever he's doing works. I lineup agree. is set pretty yeah. pretty well, it seems like. So I'm just going to rock with what's been working. I agree. I'm, I've, I, think I'm pitching, I'm, I think I'm going with the Giants, too. Just between, I think that they've been able to find the, the timely hits yep. all series. And, I mean, you could also argue the same thing for the Dodgers in the wild card game. But I, I think it's really interesting because, obviously, the Dodgers were the favorite coming into this postseason, mm-hmm. which is really funny to me because I get that they were a wild card team technically, right? Barely, right? They won 106 games or however. So what's the question there? Except I also think, too, okay, congratulations. These two teams won 107, 106 games in the most top-heavy division in baseball, you could argue, because the Padres underperformed like crazy, right? right? Um, and then you look at the bottom of that. You look at the bottom of that division, you've got Colorado and Arizona. Arizona was one of the worst teams. They competed for the worst record in baseball. So you have to remember, too, that in a, in a, in a division like that, you have, one, you have some of the worst teams and some of the best teams, right? right? So I mean, you could also argue, too, I mean, guys like Kershaw aren't playing. Mm-hmm. Max Muncy's been out. Yep. That has affected things. However, when you have guys like Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger and Justin Turner and Chris Taylor, I, 
I mean, goodness, Trey Turner, right? This this lineup is good enough to sweep, you know. But can the pitching come up tonight? We'll have to see. So I, I I've got Giants in this series. I think it'll be a I think it'll be a nine inning game. I do not think I think I'm, I'm, my projection is like a three two win for the Giants. It's going to be close. Yeah, I, the only way I see this being more than a one run is if it's like some big homer that does it. That's the only way this gets out of hand. Other than that, it should be pretty close. And I what I love about the Dodgers is they're what the Yankees should be. Mm-hmm. With mix in with better defense because mm-hmm. they have that star-studded pitching. Granted, they I mean they have better pitching than the Yankees, but Yankees still have great pitching, good bullpen. Um, oh, at times, Yankees are pretty shaky, but they have a lineup where you're like, okay, Yankees get all these guys. I mean, we know the, they got Judge, Stanton, Gallo, Rizzo. We can go on and on. Right and but, young guys. I mean, I feel like yeah. they've always got a shortstop who's like coming up in their system. And you're yeah. like, what the frick? Rochelle has been very solid for them at third. Yeah. They love him. So Glaber, yeah, Glaber Tor- yeah, that yeah. whole entire lineup is so mm. it's really good and. But at the same time, obviously, Yankees, they won 91, 92 games, didn't get out of the wild card. Granted, they're in a tough division. But, yeah, but the, the Dodgers, yeah. they trade for Mookie. They trade yeah. for Trey Turner, who is one of the most underrated players in baseball. I think he's getting more attention now that he's in, in L.A. He was so, yeah. Unbelievable. One of my good buddies um, is a huge Nationals fan. He's from mm-hmm. D.C. His parents both work at like the Pentagon. Cool stuff, right? Yeah. But he's a huge he's a huge Nationals fan. Yeah. And he always would rave about how guys like him and Scherzer. Mm-hmm. I mean, Scherzer was maybe the only guy who got enough recognition on that team. Right. Honestly, after Harper left especially, uh-huh. it was like those two were like the duo, right? Yeah. But I'm going to tell you what, though. It mm, – that was a that was a struggle to watch a guy like him be so good and not get the credit he deserves. And I think another player we're watching have that same thing happen to him is Juan Soto on that team. He's not getting nearly the credit he deserves because he's not on a great team. Yeah, I think that's fair. So, I yeah, Rendon was the only other guy because he was that Mister October for that one World Series. He got the credit, but now Angels even before that though Angels is where that players point. go to die. Yeah, I it doesn't matter. Mike Trout, mm. just we don't even need to talk about it because it's going to take too long. We all know that he's. Probably going to go down as the greatest baseball player of all time, yeah. playing on the one of the worst teams ever that wasted talent. They got Pujols. Granted, Pujols has not been the same since he left the Cardinals, but getting right. him right out of that, he was a good player. Twenty twelve, twenty thirteen, and they were. I mean, they were. They won their division in twenty twelve, twenty thirteen. They were a hundred win team, and they won one game in that division series and lost. Yeah, and it's it's unbelievable. And then you get okay, so you say Pujols is done up. You still have Mike Trout, who's still great. He gets hurt, but whatever. Then you got take, Rendon, you got yeah. Shohei. You're building a team now. Still can't do anything with it. They just don't have starting pitching. I think I talked. We talked about this last week. And, Did we? Uh, like I think a little bit, or maybe we talked about okay. it off uh, off take. I don't know. But one of the things I wish they would have done, especially when they hired Joe Madden, I was like, this would be great, is if they traded for Chris Bryant, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And they signed Garrett Cole with all the money in the world, and mm-hmm. then Rondon can do whatever he wants. I mean, that that was my essentially. That's what I thought because then yeah. you go, okay, we got a solid ace. We can build around that guy, and we know our offense is going to be there. Jared Walsh has been great mm-hmm. this year at first base for them. Um, but I agree. It's been a team that's been super disappointing. Be- and, and you feel bad for him almost because you're like, dang, I would love to watch Albert Pujols have won another World Series with this team. You know? Yeah, it's just you just don't want to see talent wasted. Baseball is a different sport than football where you root against teams. You're like, okay, I don't want to do good. Baseball, it seems like, unless a guy really hurt your team, like unless it's some just backstab where you're like, I, now I can't root for him. Yeah. You want to see players succeed on different teams where they go. You just want them to flourish. I just think it's part of the sport for the most part. There's some right. exceptions. And I think that's what makes it really hard to root for a team like Los Angeles if you're yeah. not from L.A. It's because right. you're just like, oh, congratulations, you swooped in at the ninth hour yeah. uh, and, and you you just decided to pick apart our team. You know, because they have yeah. the budget, they have, they, have the, they have the capabilities to do it. Um, yeah, and, and let's just be real. They're just in the decade right now that the Cardinals were in from 2000 to, to 2012, really, where they were just like the team in the their team. division, yeah. right? So, Yeah, I mean, the salary cap's another whole issue with baseball. I mean, oh, I agree. It's just, it's just unbelievable how much the gap is between teams. And at the end of the day, I mean, clearly it's not working for some teams. Yankees can't seem to do anything with it. But um, I, I could rant for an hour about the Yankees. But I love watching them fail. Yeah, it's just unbelievable. And yeah. then, so real quick, before we transition, I know you wanted to get some other topics. Mm-hmm. I just want to know your thoughts on Yankees, real quick, because I'm seeing a lot of talks. Hal Steinbrenner came out and he said, "We don't want, we like Aaron Boone." He's like, "I don't think he's the problem for the players underperforming." I totally agree. I've been saying this I for agree. a while. This, yes, 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 yes. Ask your question. But so, I agree. Yeah. Well, yeah. Question. Just basically, is what I've seen these Yankees perform. Sure, I'm sure Boone's made questionable calls. There's not a manager in baseball that hasn't pulled a pitcher at a wrong time or kept a pitcher in too long. Happens oh, all the time. Yeah. 
Too soon, John. <laughs> keep, keep, going. Um, keep going. Yes. But I don't know how that is, that's an excuse for you get Joey Gallo, who's an all-star. Now he's batting sub 200. Mm. Stan, okay, not healthy, whatever. Rizzo was actually decent for him. Judge has been the I best player that they've guy. had. Yeah. But you get these guys underperforming. Sanchez can't catch a ball behind a plate to save his life. There's just all these factors that they're not solid. DJ LeMahieu went from maybe best second baseman in baseball to average at best. Yeah. I don't know well, how he's older. He's let's be Fair real. Enough. Let's be real. His age has maybe impacted that. Fair enough. You figure out a guy year to year because he was like a three thirty hitter last year. Yeah, right. I mean, we see right. this all the time. So, so to answer that question for you, right? Who are you, who are you to blame for the Yankees' uh, failures? I guess Ugh, that's hard. Um, I I'm, I'm not always a huge um, I'm not always a huge fan of of putting guys on the, uh, putting the head coach on the hook. But granted, that's always that's only who it comes down to. You could right. argue. <coughs> Excuse me. I think that's I think that's clear in most all professional sports, especially in America, in the big three between basketball, baseball, football, especially basketball, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you could also ask questions like, did Don Mattingly make a questionable decision when he went and, when he went and decided to not resign with the Giants or, or however that ended after he won, like, what, three World Series of them in a, in a six-year gap, right? Yeah. And then you saw... Yeah, yeah, you saw you saw then Don Mattingly go to Miami, right? Oh, what the heck? And that organization's been just a like garbage fire, right? Yeah. So, and turn that to New York, right? I don't think that it's been Aaron Boone's fault. I thought that was a questionable hire when it happened, honestly, because I was like, what does he really bring to the table? Sure. Right? It's kind of like, I think Dave Roberts is also a questionable manager who's just got a team that's yeah, just super freaking that. good. Yeah, I agree. You know, and you're just like, I think Dave Roberts is a great guy. He's a good ball player. He's, you know, understanding the game is really important, right? It's the same way people feel about, like, will Yadier Molina come up after here and be the Cardinals manager? And I go, I don't really think that he's suited for that role quite yet. Yeah, I don't know if he's I there think yet. that Mike Schilt brings such an interesting perspective to a team because he was a minor league manager. He knows the whole system. It was so huge. He's the first manager in MLB history to ever be a, to ever be a, to ever be a manager without having been a player at some other time, which is crazy. It's pretty impressive. It is. Um, here's the thing. So for the Yankees, okay? What my biggest gripe is against that team is that they consistently underperform at the mound, okay? Yep. Luis Severino, it's funny, I talked to a buddy of mine, he's like, I just don't like Alex Reyes because he's, he's been this player who's supposed to be good now for like six years. Luis Severino is the same kind of guy, right? He's supposed to be really good, and he's right. never healthy, okay? That's true. The Cardinals had the same issue with a guy like Michael Waka, right? We've seen guys like this who, you know, and let me just tell you like this now. If I'm going to make an example, it's going to be at the Cardinals because that's who I fought for the last 20 it's years. It's easy to pull from. We've also made our fair share of mistakes that there's plenty yeah, to pull from. I agree. <laughs> I agree, right? Yeah. Um, it's the same question of, like, what do you do about a guy like Randy Rosarena or, trade, or tra- you know, tr- like getting rid of him um, or trading him for a guy like Matthew Libertor, even though I like that trade. I really do. Um, I think that it'll pay off in the long run. You know, I think you make questionable decisions to see what happens, yeah. and that's how baseball rolls. That's how they got... That's how they got Lou Brock for crying out loud from the Cubs. They traded a 20-win pitcher, and they got Lou Brock, right? And then they became this dynasty team right. in the late 80s. So I think that the Yankees have tried to kind of mesh this interesting farm system with being the Yankees and going and get big-name guys. But they've been doing this for years. I remember when they, when they traded for Chase Headley from the Padres, and Chase Headley went from being an all-star third baseman to being this guy like, wait, who's this? Right. Right. Like if you just watched, started watching baseball, you'd be like, this guy sucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I think it has to do with chemistry, right? You have to be bought in as a team. I, I totally think that's agree. why the Giants are so good and why they drive me so crazy when we play them yeah. is because they're a team that's so bought into success, right? Year in and year out, they're going to compete, they're going to perform, and they're going to do their thing on the field. And that's the difference between, between teams like L.A., in San Francisco, um, or even LA and Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta lost Acuna, and I th- I've talked to friends of mine because being here in the national area, right? Everyone's people were a like, fan. "Well, and people were like, we're done." Yeah, you know. I mean, and even I thought that because like their pitching staff. I don't think was anyone decent didn't at best. think they were done. Yeah, I agree. Um, and the question for the Brewers is, could their offense show up? Quote: It did not. Right? Yeah, it didn't really. I right? was so sick of hearing how good their pitching is. It, it's great. You can get a, give up one run, but you're not going to score any. Right? So you have matter. got. Yeah. Look, I, I mean, I feel like you can make the argument that the Brewers probably should have won more games and could have won more games had they had better offense. And Yelich yeah. had a tough year. Kane had a tough year. They had a lot of young guys. They have a young team. I should also add to guys like Urias, um, Vogelback. I mean, like they've got a really interesting team. Even their pitching staff. Vogelback broke our hearts earlier this year. <laughs> yeah, for real. A walk off is tough. Yeah. And so, yeah. So to get, dive back into it, 
I just think it's a question of like, what are you really trying to accomplish? It, I think it's hard for teams to sometimes do two things at once. Mm-hmm. So I think the Yankees have a hard time doing that. The Yankees have a hard time trying to beat the Dodgers. And the Dodgers are successful in the, in the NL maybe because they face lower competition. Um, I don't know. But maybe. the difference between the Yankees and the, and the Dodgers, in my opinion, is that there are four great teams in the AL East. In the NL West, there are two great teams. Yeah. Well, there's one great team, and there's two teams who you go, hmm, I don't know. Yeah. And then the Giants do what they did this year, and the Padres do what they did this year. Yeah. And you find yourself seated in a 106-win game, or 106-win season, playing in the wildcard game. That's tough. Yeah, that would hurt. And so the Red Sox also, if, we, if we're going to pull to the wildcard game, and I'll, I'll kind of bounce off of you, I think they were ready to say, hmm, all right, we've been the underdog before, right? Like the Red Sox are the team that's so good at being like the underdog that you don't expect to win, and then they're like, let's just win another World Series. Yeah. Well, I think, and what I don't think people realize going into that series is you say, okay, J.D. Martinez is not playing. He's a decent bat, and he's mm-hmm. a big part of that team. And so you're saying Yankees might have this, but the series before the last series of the season for the Yankees, the last series for them, they played the Rays, and they were able to get a win, which gave them the right. wild card. The series before that was a three-game series at Fenway. The Yankees okay. swept. Okay. I don't. Boston has is too good of a team to be swept four games in a row at home. Agreed. Especially in a postseason environment. Boston's insane. I, like, insane. That's Fenway's one place I do not want to play in October. No, and it's almost like the green monster gets raised and lowered depending on who's at bat. <laughs> it's what it feels like. If stands up at bat, it raises 100 feet and mm-hmm. he'll never hit a home run. I agree. But then when uh, Xander Bogarts is up, it, the ball goes over the fence. So I agree. It's, uh, I can't prove that, but I think that's what happens. But no, I... Maybe she got a lever. Yeah, and they were, uh, they were underdogs, Boston. And I came, I'm like, I don't know how you bet against this team at home in the postseason when they just got swept... No one in their right mind would would have thought they were getting swept four games in a row at home. No. I don't think anyone would have. So yeah, I, Boston's a good team. I didn't. I kind of saw that coming. Granted, I thought it been. I thought it was going to be a closer game. Let, and so let me ask you this question: I wanted to kind of start to transition a little bit um, more so to the question of of umpire reviews. Okay, so here we are. We have just finished the first round of the postseason, and there have been multiple plays that have made. Some of them not as costly as others, um, and yeah, I was I was pulling for the Red Sox, but there's no question that in Game Four, excuse me, Game Three, when Kevin Kiermaier hit the double that bounced off Hernandez in right field and went over the fence, that should have been a triple and a base. Mm-hmm. There have been more than one of those decisions already in the postseason. Do you think that we're going to be headed towards uh, a Saints-Ram situation this this offseason for the MLB where teams are going to be like, you have to change this. We have the views. You've got to change this, right? Like there's no way, for instance, in the Atlanta-Milwaukee series that that, call, that ball is caught in foul territory after the catcher misses it and Urias picks it up off the ground, basically. But a trap on the infield is not reviewable, but a trap in the outfield is. That's insane. Do you think that we're headed for a, for a Rams-Saints situation like we were a couple of years ago after the pass interference terrible missed call, right, right. where we're going to see things to become more reviewable? That's a great question. I... Yes and no. Here's, I mean, here's why. For the reasons you said, it's it almost seems like okay. Eventually, there's going to be the last straw, and then they're just the managers going to be like, we need it. They're going to vote on it, and they'll get it. However, I agree. Rob Manfred has made it pretty clear he will do the most like minute. I don't know if that's a word. Things yeah. to slow down a game that yeah. that make no difference. I agree. I can't. You know what? I re- I want this show just I just want this episode just this one question to get thousands of views because I want to know if anyone out there that wasn't a baseball fan that then heard that they were getting rid of the intentional walk now said oh now I'll watch the game because it's not going to take as long is there anyone out there yeah because no, what did that what did that take off forty five seconds maybe every couple games when there's an intentional right. walk well and let's be real too like I love football I love watching football it's a fun game football games take longer than baseball games do. There's yeah. there's more downtime in a football game than there's a baseball game. Yeah, it's just a stat, right? It just is what it is because between every down, between timeouts, between all that crap, it takes more time, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, I'm down for speeding the game up. I, I am. I get it. Um, the problem with baseball, yeah. the only way to speed the game up that's going to make a significant increase is shortening the innings, which I'm against. But if you're going to actually do it. At least I'm like, okay, at least you're making a change that's making a difference. All these little things you're doing, the pitch clock, the limiting how many times a mound visit, the I getting rid that. of intentional walk. That. Yeah, it makes no difference. So the reason I say that is Rob Manfred seems pretty ske- hesitant to even to think about anything that would increase the game time. Yeah, I agree. He, he doesn't even care if it would make the game better. 
So even though I agree it might need it might be needed and it might make the game better, maybe it adds a few minutes of game. Okay, who cares? It's already a three-hour game. I would love to see – like, I just think that some plays like that need to be reviewable. I mean, I, I I, what I love in the NFL is that when they pull in their, like, their kind of their TD analyst in the truck, right, or in New York, right, when they, when there's yeah. a review on the field and they say, you know, Joe Buck is, and, and Troy Aikman are like, hey, you know, Spencer, you know, what did you yeah. think of this call as you're looking at it? Well, I think that it could be pass interference, but, yeah. you know, seeing as I don't think there's enough contact, I think that he had enough mm-hmm. time to look, right, they, they take that initial approach um, and then – and they, they take that for what it is, and then the fielding, the ruling on the field goes up or down, right? We see what happens, and they we get like a pro's approach to that, and then they go from there. I love that, no, because I, I think that it gives the fan or the listener even more to be looking out for and say, hmm, okay, yeah, I guess that's exactly what the rule means, right? No, that's a good question. I, I think, I don't know if it's just me, I don't know if I've just been paying more attention lately or what, but I just think recently the officiating across most sports has gotten worse it seems like and i don't really know why that is because you would think with the increase in technology it would make it easier to be more accurate i'm curious if just some of these umpires and these people are just aging out like the rules and like a lot of these sports are changing so much like even this year in the nba like with like the rule like the three-point line like the step back the floaters that what's called a non-basketball move isn't allowed anymore Mm -hmm. um and so it's just like as the game changes what they're used to what they did call before i think that's what impacts it a lot don't you think maybe i mean joe west is a thousand years old so that's possible but then you have guys like angel hernandez who again we could talk about an hour about yeah the only thing i'll say is him it doesn't seem he's an older guy it doesn't seem like he has a way of calling it because it's different every game correct the strike zone will be above the guy's head or it'll be in the dirt right and it just depends on whatever he's feeling that day right so there's some of it's just poor poor umpires that they just have hired for some reason the, the other part is just a cr- widespread i don't know what it is i don't know if it's almost like they're trying to stick it to the technology mm-hmm. being like i'm gonna do this but it just i don't know it's gotten a lot it's just gotten a lot different sometimes it's been looser sometimes it's been tighter it hasn't been consistent right. yeah do you think that we're headed towards? I was talking. What's funny? I was talking to a fr- or my pastor of our church. We were talking sports, and he, I was like, do you, "What do you think?" And he's he was talking. He's like, "It's gonna go pretty. It's gonna go digital pretty soon." He said, There's no way it doesn't. And I was like, "Hmm." I found that interesting. I wouldn't be surprised, um, but I mean, we'll have to see. I don't we know. We have too many good camera angles. The only thing I don't like is that then the camera operators become your umpires. Ooh, yeah. No, I, that's tough. There's pros and cons. You say, okay, at least they'll get the calls right. Yes, but I'm also a big proponent of. I'm also a big proponent of, and this I feel like this hasn't happened recently. But when it's a two strike count, what I was always taught from little league to middle school to high school baseball yeah. is strike zone gets a little water, protect the plate. I think yeah. we all know this. Yeah, it doesn't seem like that happens anymore. Yeah. There'll be like this call that's like the ball's almost like on the edge of that strike zone, mm-hmm. and they're like, uh, but it's it's technically really not. That and it's like but kind of yeah. It's like yes, it is though. Like it'll yeah. be a it'll be a full count if he doesn't swing at that. No, he's going back to the dugout. That's not a walk. Mm-mm. That's not a walkable pitch. Right. So, yeah, I've always I've always functioned in the understanding that if if there's almost a hairline of the ball is a strike, it's in the strike zone. Yeah, it's a fifty. Like it's not in my opinion like a fifty fifty. Like you, no. I think that you want to give the benefit of the doubt to a consistent pitcher, right? If Jacob Degrom's on the mound and he is pinpointing like yeah. the corner and like is on by a hair into a 3-2 count you're going to give him the benefit of the doubt of the pitch what's different though is when there's a guy in the mound who's getting a little wild right he's having a hard time hitting the strike zone um, or the catcher's moving too much and that's where the that's where like the uh, but did he hit his spot well no not really so like does he deserve that strike call that's a hard place yeah it's just and it's, it's also tough in a sport where the offense is sort of the victim to just the, the game because yeah. the Hall of Famer's Hit it three out of ten times, mm-hmm. so it's like three you, out of ten. Yeah, you want to you want to give some more offense, but at the same time, it's just the way the game is. So I, yeah, I mean, we'll see going forward. But yeah, I'm, I don't know. I really have. I could not bet on how baseball is going to turn out in the next five to ten years. I have no idea. That's fair. All right, we're going to take a short break, and then we'll be right back with more information as we dive into a little bit of football and basketball, kind of political kind of skiing spectrum going on between Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, um, but also then John Gruden and the new kind of formalities that have taken shape here uh, after this last week. So we'll be right back with you. Welcome back to the TBD named podcast. I'm Spencer Barnaby. Yeah, we do. We'll uh, we'll get it at some point. If it catches on, 
let us know in the comments of the post that we don't have. But uh, like, subscribe. I don't yeah. even think we have a YouTube channel, but no, do it anyway. You can leave us reviews. Uh, <laughs> oh, you can. rate our podcast. Yeah, all oh, on Apple, all on Spotify. Go. Yeah, we're, we're getting up there. More copies sold than the Bible. Yeah. That's right. I'm, uh, here, we're here with John Tomlinson. So, John, before the break, you were talking about uh, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, yeah. John Gruden. What do you want to dive into first? You want to stick with basketball, then end on football? What do you Let's wanna... do that, because okay. I think that just with... I mean, it's preseason, so we could right. we spend a little time on yeah. the Kyrie Irving situation um, mm-hmm. and then jive into football a little bit. So, you know, uh, for those of you who don't know or who haven't been listening or, or paying attention to ESPN, which, of course, notifies me about everything every day, yeah. um, first thing we'll start with here is with the Kyrie Irving situation. Um, so Kyrie Irving has been turned away by the Brooklyn Nets saying that they're not going to accept any part-time players um, who are not you know, associating with the mandatory state guidelines or city guidelines, uh, what it takes to participate as a player, as a part of a sport. And then on the flip side, too, we've seen Ben Simmons, who finally reported. Um, My biggest question, I think, in this entire situation is, you know, first of all, you know what blows my mind is that for every home game Kyrie Irving's going to miss or was was going to be missing Mm -hmm. scheduled at first, he would be losing $408,000. First of all, that just shows how absurd the sports market is, but yeah. Right. It does stink. That's the thing that I, at first I was just like, oh my gosh. I don't know. I feel like there's just a sense of privilege to that, to be like, I can do this and you can't. Right? Yeah. If someone else didn't show up for work because they, because of that, you'd be like, what that's, the heck? And that's been the real tough thing in terms of, and I'll, I don't want to get too off track because I want you to finish your thought, yeah. but just in terms of mainly sports, but just politics in general lately is just the idea of like a lot of these athletes, regardless of what they're standing up for, is sort of taking the stand of, well, I won't play then or I'll do this, which commend them, you know, that's their paycheck, do what they want. But right. they also, there's sort of this call to this, like, these citizens to do the same thing if exactly. their work is being treated fairly. And while, you know, freedom, do what you want, at the same time, it's a lot harder when, you know, you're living paycheck to paycheck, you're trying to make ends meet, and maybe you don't like the work situation you're in. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you don't have the luxury of eight, $80 million in your savings account to lean back on. Yeah, and also... Nike supporting you and having a shooting. Yeah, involvement. there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot to that. So look, credit to Kyrie. If you're that's their paycheck, do what you want to do Correct. with it. But it's just also have some perspective of it's not like everyone can do this. Yeah, and so the biggest thing, and I think that he's taken a decent approach. Sort of. My biggest problem is, you know, as of late, there's been a lot of. Um, well, I don't know how fair it is for me to not get paid because I don't want to get vaccinated. Okay, I don't buy that. Personally, I don't buy that. Um, I think that in the same way that you have the right to to not do something, um, an employer, an organization, um, a franchise, whatever you name it, insert name here, they also have the rights to do things by their own mandates as well. Whether that's political, whether that's personal, whether that's business, right? Um, it's kind of like how Kyrie Irving also said with like the Ben Simmons trade ideas, things that were kind of floating around. He's like, if I got traded, I would just retire. You just want to be like, Okay, like come on, like yeah. I doubt that. Like I think that you'd retire, and then you he would come do a back Gronkowski. He sits out for two years. Yeah, and, and then be like, you can trade me or else, yeah. right? And you just want to be like, really? Like, are you kidding me? And so, what I don't like is the animosity that always, I think surrounds Kyrie Irving. I think that it, it just builds really bad vibes, honestly. Um, and that's a different conversation. But my biggest question mark is, you know, do I think that Kyrie Irving is going to get vaccinated? Probably. I think that if he's smart, he will. I think it just doesn't, I think it's an unfair set of the tone to tell the fans, the players, the staff, um, geesh, the workers, the volunteers, everybody who's associated with um, your arena. Hey, you need to be vaccinated to be in here just to follow state guidelines, right? And then for your star players, say, I'm not getting vaccinated. And you're just like, this isn't just privy to you everyone's doing this, right? And so for anybody out there who's like, well, I think it's ridiculous they're not going to pay him or that he's getting that he's not being able to play. I'm like, look, you can disagree with it, um, but I personally am just like, I think that as, in the same way that he has a right to not do something, the organization has a right to say, this is the standard and you don't hit our standard, even though you're a star player. That's tough. These are the rules and regulations. And I, honestly, I love that because I think in the last 10 years, players have had 
I'm all for player empowerment and using their stage to do what they can um, to promote things and to be real about it. But it's hard, though, for me sometimes to think as I'm here getting a college education and studying and learning and paying money to go in debt to to have deeper understanding and knowledge of these things. It's hard for me to say, oh, but I'm going to trust these guys who never went to college and played one year of basketball, maybe, and or someone didn't go to college and say, yeah, these are the guys that I should be learning from. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, my two takeaways, I mean, I think it's a very nuanced opinion. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't really disagree with what you said. The only two things that I have thought about with this Kyrie thing is, one, for whatever reason, a lot of people seem to be surprised at Kyrie. And I don't know if they're just surprised about someone not getting the vaccine, maybe. But at the same time, you look at numbers across the country, it's not that uncommon. I mean, I'm not saying I don't It's not 50-50, but it's not mm-hmm. like uncommon for people not to have it. So people were just surprised, which I thought was odd. And at the same time, I think it's odd because Kyrie has been his own, like, enigma for quite some time now. And I don't – from Burning Sage to Earth is Flat to now he's – not even trying to be disrespectful, but I, I don't, he followed some new religion. I don't know if, exactly what it is. Right. But – and I'm not even being disrespectful. I just don't know. But he's maybe, – maybe that's for him. I don't, I don't know. I'm just saying he's been his own guy now for quite some time. Right. Kyrie's going to do Kyrie. Right. So for all these people kind of sitting there saying, how could you or how – like, what? They're surprised. I'm like, I – you can't stick with the guy when he's going through all these things, but then now get mad at him for this. You can disagree with it. I mean, that's fine. But it's just, it's Kyrie. So he's just going to do what he does. That's what he's been doing for a while now. And then, yeah, you brought up the idea of the the company saying this is the standard, this isn't. And yeah, I think that's a fair point. I think it's, I just want to know, because I don't know. Maybe you do, maybe we don't, or maybe we need someone to come out and lay out the facts. I don't know if it's a lawyer, a scientist, I don't know who. But it's it's similar to, it seems like, on the surface, it's similar to the idea of when Colin Kaepernick started and players kneeling for the anthem. Mm-hmm. People said, well, that's Jerry Jones said he's not going to let his players kneel. And people were outraged at first. And then a lot of people stood up and said, that's his organization. He can mandate what he wants for his employees, which are his players. Right. So people are saying, well, that's the same thing. Nets are mandating vaccines. Kyrie gets in line with that same well, way. Brooklyn, the city of Brooklyn. Brooklyn, sorry, is, yes. Yeah. yeah. And so people are saying it's the same thing. If you don't like it, then that's the way it is. So it's almost, and it's weird because that's on both sides of the political right. spectrum. But at the same time is I don't know the legality behind mandating players just not kneeling or versus mandating, you know, a vaccine, something that's, you know, be going into your body. I don't know the legality on that. And there may, it may be that it doesn't matter if that's what the company says. That's what you have to do. I genuinely have no idea. But that's a distinction we have to make. Yeah, I think the hardest part about this whole thing is that it's a state, it's a city guideline, right? So yeah. the, the deal was that Kyrie couldn't play in home games, okay? Right. But he could play in away games. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think the Brooklyn Nets took a step up and said, we're not, we're not going to have a part-time player, right? Like, mm-hmm. we're not going to do that. That's stupid, right? I don't pay somebody to, pay, to play basketball for me part-time, right? This is a full-time job. This is a business, right? And I love that a little bit because I think that I honestly sometimes think that the players have gotten a little bit too much power. Just be like, I totally agree. In the to NBA. just be like, I'm just not going to play. You want to be like, I'm not going to pay you, right? Yeah. I think that that's been. A, I think that's been a, a huge um, kind of narrative. I think that's come out of like guys like Kawhi Leonard sitting right and being yeah. injured, but I don't know, right? Yeah, I don't know what to do. With, yeah. And so I think that that has a play in it a lot. I don't know, though. But it, it's frustrating to me because I'm like, in the same, I just don't like that it, it almost to me seems like he's to a lower standard or he has a higher standard. Like, like yeah, we're going to make everybody else, but not you, right? Yeah. Because let's be real. 95% of the NBA is vaccinated. There are 5% of people who aren't, right? right? And also, probably 70% of those players have kids who are in school, have families, right? They're not trying to bring this home. Yeah. They're not trying to get their kids sick or their wives sick or their family sick. Um, I mean, think about guys like Carl Anthony Towns who lost like a dozen family members because of the virus. That was so sad. And, and you're just like, I mean, I, I would love to know what his thoughts are on this whole thing, which yeah, would be too. hard to find. because I mean, that's not something I'm sure he's going to put on the record, you know, but that's tough. You know, you think about a guy like, you know, Kyrie's exercising his free will, his free right to, to say, I'm not going to do this yet. Or, he just wants to know more about it. I don't know. Um, but in the same way, too, the Brooklyn Nets also have a way to say, look, this is the rule, and we're not going to bend the rule just for you. Yeah, no, it's a it's a tough situation, and I don't think there's, like, this clear cut where you're like, this is the obvious, easy thing to do. I don't even know if I'm really saying that right. But, yeah, it's I mean, it's a weird situation. The only 
thing that I just think is odd. And I agree. Look, Kyrie can do what he wants. It's his paycheck. He's putting his money where his mouth is. Essentially, as long as he doesn't get paid, if he's like fighting to get paid, that's a little different. But agreed, which I don't think he has been yeah. doing, which I appreciate. Yeah. So you, you, then you'd be like, then you're, are you yeah. kidding me? You're wanting both, right? You're yeah. like, you're like, I make seventeen dollars an hour. You make like two thousand dollars an hour. Like, yeah. come on. You want your cake and eat it too. Yeah. yeah. It's so it's tough. But aside from that, is it's this the two things that just seem odd is one is I get his I don't know I don't know why if it's he is like he just wants more knowledge about it, whatever that's his choice but is what I can understand is that it just seems a little odd because I get the the net saying we're not going to have a part-time player. They're not doing it because he's unvaccinated. They're just like, we're not going to grant you special because, okay, that's fine. That's their organization. They right. can do what they want. But these players, so 95% have been vaccinated roughly. Mm-hmm. So there's not a t- there's, that's not a ton of players that aren't. At the same time, some of those players that aren't aren't going to be out on the court. We got Jonathan Isaac. We got a bunch of – couple right. of guys. They're going to be playing against the Brooklyn Nets. Right. They're going to be out there. Right out next to each other on the free throw line. Right. Right there sweating it out. Right. And it, it's a little odd because you say, okay, you want all this to protect. And at the same time, you know, you're going to be sweated out on a court with these guys. I get basketball is not a physical sport like football, but yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, – or contact sport, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. So, yeah, I don't – it's a little odd, the inconsistency of you're going to let these unvaccinated guys play. I get it's different cities. But they're going to be in contact with your players, so it's a little odd. And then the only other thing is – the NBA, especially last year, I don't want to get too much into it, but they right. were very – Adam Silver, He's he knows his market, and he's a good commissioner for that league. I agree. Probably and the he best was, we have of the major sports. Yeah, and he was very pro supporting his players last year. There's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff going on. We all know that. He was very lifting his players up. You do you. Use your voice and all this. And it seems like Kyrie's now – he isn't getting lifted up as much because his opinion isn't the popular one. Well, I, I would argue, too, that I think in the last couple of years we've seen the minority speak for the majority. So the minority opinion, I would say this is true almost politically, you could say. And we don't – I mean, we'll put a put a period there. Um, but And you can disagree with me here. But I think that it's been interesting and it's been really, really hard to see and watch because you're like – you feel like if you have a different opinion than what's being said, that you're just like ostracized, even though you could be part of the majority. Because the minority is speaking over the majority. It's yeah. been tough. So I think that that has a play with it. It might, yeah. And it's just it's just odd because it seems like in this one-year turnaround, the NBA has almost done this flip-flop of yeah. like just going from personal, you do you, all this, to now it's kind of like this forced thing. And I get they're in a tough spot. I get they have different cities to deal with and mandates. So I'm not saying – the NBA is just this corrupt thing. I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. But it's just odd to see this turnaround. So that's all it is. But, yeah, it's something to look at. I'm curious to see what happens with him. But yeah. now away from Kyrie, Ben Simmons, you yeah. mentioned him before the break, oh, not reporting this whole thing of he's not going to play another minute for the Sixers, but now maybe something's going on. What What's going on with Ben Simmons? So he's reported to the Sixers training camp. He's talked with, the head, with, with their coaching staff. I don't know what playing looks like. I mean, I know that they've been trying to figure out a trade scenario for Ben Simmons for a while now, right? Oof, it's looking crappy, you know, because yeah. I think as a team, you know, I don't have to trade anything for Ben Simmons. And so he's a player that's lost a lot of his worth over one missed free throw, or excuse me, over one missed pass layup to – um, Matisse Thibel last year in the second round, you know, yeah. losing to the Hawks and just being this whole scuffle. Yeah, and then also it doesn't help that, geez, it does not help that your head coach goes on goes on blast after the game, then afterwards saying, well, "I just don't think he's a championship kind of like kind of that point guard," was which very was so surprising. stupid because yeah. and also the the Sixers waited all summer long before they finally were like, "Hey, we need you to go on first take and tell Stephen A. like, oh, I just was, you know, it was just after a hard game and blah blah blah." You yeah. should have done that as soon as you said right that. Right away. Right. Shouldn't like even the said next it, yeah. day, you should have been like, "That's yeah. my bad. Ben's a super great player, right? You know, I was feeling it after the loss. I mean, he was thinking, "I'm on the hot seat." That's why he said what he said, yeah. right? How can I push this blame onto someone else? Which is so, not what you want from a coach, especially from Doc Rivers. And so, yeah. That's been the hardest thing. That that situation will continue to, I think, manifest and change. I'm excited to see what happens next, though, for Ben Simmons because I think that it could shake up some things a little bit for that team. Um, but I think the Sixers have gone from being a contender to being like a. Mm, I don't really know. You I know? agree. And yeah, real quick on thoughts, and then we'll get to football. I yes. one, I've been a big hater of the Sixers for a while now, <laughs> mainly because I'll be I'll be upfront about it because Joel Embiid for I don't know how many years. It feels like every year since I've been alive, I've heard trust the process out of Joe Joel Embiid's mouth. Here's why. It's not that I don't trust the process. I don't respect it because the process was tanking right. for five years. 
Two of the picks didn't even work out. Markel Fultz, I don't even know where he is, and I don't think Jalil Okafor is even alive anymore. Yeah. So, well, and it's funny too. They had Vucevic. They traded him. Yeah. They drafted Michael Carter Williams. They traded him. He also was just not great. He had yeah. one good season. So Th- their draft, their draft lot, their draft success has been awful. Yeah. And for so their I was first just, round pick. I was just so sick of trust the process. No, if you're tanking, no, I, no, I'm not here for it. That's not I how I want to see it. One, granted, I don't want to see super teams either, but that's the way it is. At least they're coming by it honestly. So I wasn't a fan of that. And then Ben Simmons, yeah, like you said, it's tough. Teams aren't going to have to trade a lot to get him, and I also don't who, don't know who's going to want to get him because he has to fit into a very specific system. He's not this universal guy that you can plug and play anywhere. Because in this era of Steph Curry, you got to shoot the ball. Who wants a point guard that can't shoot? I agree. No you one have to shoot the ball. No one does. Yeah. And so I don't know who's going to want him. I don't know where he's going to go. I mean, he, the weird thing is he doesn't have any power in this, and he's sort of acting like he's Steph Curry. Where Steph Curry right. says, I'm "Not playing for the Warriors again." Warriors are going to be like, "Well, crap." And then every team on the planet's going to want him. Right. He's well, not it's the same Curry. situation that's happened with like Damian Lillard. It's been the question of like, can can yeah. can the Sixers formulate a trade that takes Ben Simmons from their team to the Portland Trailblazers if Lillard becomes disappointed enough to say, "I want to play for a different team." Yeah, but that's. I mean, I think the Trailblazers would give him the keys to the city to keep him. I agree. So, I think they've tried. I think they've probably, done a terrible job. Yeah. Um, I agree. So let's transition though to football because I know that's what you want to talk about. Yeah. So let's let's start. You want to start with John Gruden? Let's let's get that out of the way, and then yeah, we'll end on on just end on past week. Hopefully, good notes. Yeah, Yeah. about wins and losses. Yeah, yeah. So, kind of give us your take. Yeah. So, I mean, quick summary: the emails came out about John Gruden. It was an investigation going on into Dan Snyder and the Washington now football team, and the investigation wasn't about John Gruden. But along that investigation of that team, they found emails of John Gruden saying a bunch of stuff over the years. It was started about 10 years ago and I think was as recently as 2017, right. maybe 2018. Basically had a bunch of language in there I'm not going to say on the podcast. I don't – he or didn't ever. have a yeah. – yeah, didn't have a ton of necessarily expletive. It's more like comments that were like Misogynistic, racial yeah. and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, look, here's the thing. One, people are – there's two sides to it as there is to pretty much every story now. One side is upset that it was 10 years ago, and he's getting blamed for it today. Uh, the pros and cons of that side. One, I get it, because no one wants to think that they're the same person that they were 10 years ago. I get that. Right. And at the same time, ESPN was the one sort of casting stones on him during Monday Night Football when the news broke about the, the majority of the second email. Yeah, you had a good take on this area when we talked about this. Yeah, well, it's just interesting because Lewis Riddick then gives his commentary, and I respect Lewis Riddick, and whatever his opinion is is his own opinion. I don't know his experiences. But sort of casting stones a little bit seems like and doing it at John Gruden, the Raiders. John Gruden was employed by ESPN when all this happened. I'm not saying that they encouraged this behavior. I'm not saying they enabled it. I have no idea. I'm just saying be a little bit more aware of the situation than casting stones on the Raiders and Gruden mm-hmm. when he was employed with you. The Raiders didn't have done nothing with this. So I just thought right. that was odd. But. I feel, yeah, and we could also make the argument, too, that like the Raiders are really suffering from John Gruden's, first of all, his ugly contract. I never understood that in the first place. Mark we talked Davis. about that. That's funny. We talked about that last week before all this broke, was that $100 million 10-year contract. You're like, what are you doing? But then, too, also, like, so to tie back in, it's like, a lot of this happened while you were with ESPN, right? And there's been comments that have come out. It's like, anybody who allowed this to be enabled should, should be out of the football door with them. You want to be like, okay, right? Like, what does that even look like? You yeah, know? And so I don't appreciate the takes like that where I just want to be like, I think that there's a lot of, like, you can blame a lot of people for this, right? Um, I think I think you can blame culture. I mean, there's been just, I think, an amazing recession in understanding oppression, right? And, and, and being able to highlight that and say, no, like, we want to stand up for better than this, right? Of saying, like, okay, because I'm a white male, I might have a, a little bit more privilege, right? And you could say that. I think it'd be fair to say that, especially in this situation, right? It's the people who want to just, who want to throw out, throw around terms like, he called Roger Roger Goodell a P word. We're just gonna say, you know, and yeah. so you just want to be like, yeah. And I think you some, can't do that. You some cannot pe- get away with that and do that. Yeah. You know? Some people are saying, was him coming at the commissioner Roger Goodell? Was that part of? If he hadn't done that, is does he get fired? Mm. And I think that's interesting because of you know, people are saying like, is it just Goodell being like, no, I'm not gonna stand for that. Maybe I'm not a fan of Goodell, but not I a think, lot of people are. But yeah, no. I agree. But I think look, first of all, people are upset. They're saying he resigned. 
yes, he resigned. It was a forced resign. I don't think anyone questions that. And But look, I think Mark Davis said the only thing Mark Davis could do. So I'm not, like, upset at the firing because, yeah, look, I it stinks with the language at the same time. Mark Davis has a business. He needs to keep it good. Now, granted, I don't think – I think he's still going to be fine had he not fired him. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's a bad look for your brand. I get it. Okay, fire him. Agreed. My, I will say, I am try not to come out with too many strong opinions about some of this stuff. But the Buccaneers getting rid of him from the ring of honor, I, I don't understand because – I don't want to say I don't understand. I get his comments were terrible, and I get I get come out with a statement you don't support it. All that I don't support. It. I don't think anyone on earth supports right. it. That's the biggest thing. It's like, but yeah, you have players on your team right now. I'm not trying to attack anyone personally. Antonio Brown seems like he's made a genuine change in his life. Good for him. Yeah, credit Tom Brady, credit whoever. He's made a genuine change. Right. He's employed by your franchise, and he's done some pretty bad stuff in the past. Richard Sherman is also employed by that franchise. You have these players playing for you. And you're going to take a guy out of your ring of honor who won your Super Bowl. Maybe Tony Dungy won it more, but that's fine. But you're going to take him out for, yeah, pretty ugly, nasty, awful, evil comments. Yes. That were 10 years after he was with your team. Mm-hmm. He wasn't even associated with your team. Yeah. I don't think anyone still thinks of John Gruden as being associated with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, I didn't know except, he was even on that team. Yeah, except honestly. maybe Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans. Maybe. So, hmm. yeah, I just didn't understand it because you're sort of taking this moral high ground. We don't stand for that. Okay, fine. Fire all these players. Yeah. That's a really good point. I did not think about that. It's just, I don't know. I just, I didn't understand that because it's sort of this self-righteousness of uh, we've never done anything wrong, so we're going to take you out of our ring of honor. This organization's never done anything wrong, which is a different argument. But there's living proof on the field on Sundays. Watch number five and 81. Just go read about them. Yeah. Hey, Antonio Brown had like 27 points for me last week. Fantasy-wise, they're beasts. But (laughs) uh, morally, they've done some questionable things. And again, I'm not at all... We're not enabling this. No, and I agree with him resigning because that's the only thing he could have done. I'm agreeing with that. I'm just saying this idea of getting rid of him from your ring of honor, which it's not like you're constantly... He doesn't have a statue, or maybe he does, but you're not constantly raising him up. You're not like this proud John Gruden supporter. All you did was... Years and years ago, because he won you a Super Bowl, you put his name in the stadium. Okay. That's harmless. And you have all these players. It just it blows my mind the players that they have playing for them. And then they have the whatever to get rid of him. It just it seems inconsistent. That's my biggest issue with a lot of the things we've talked about is the inconsistency from businesses, organizations. It just Yeah. Just be consistent. Just go all in. That's fair. I think that's a fair point. I mean I can see the other side of things where they want to say, you know, this is just going to remind us of what these things that this dude did, you know. That's fair. Um, and I get that. I get that. But it is it is tough because, you know, we have been able to see guys take leaps and bounds um, to be better people, you know. But I also – I'm also on the other side of things too where I say, you know, like, you know, we, we had this we had this argument put up with us like, well, 10 years ago when I was 11 years old, was I the same person? I was like – And you had a good like, point about that. I was like, okay, Yeah. Like, 11 years ago, or 10 years ago, I was 11 years old, and I was in fifth grade or whatever, yeah. and, and I was a totally different person. Yes, but when you're 51, right, and you're yeah. and the, 10 years ago you were 41, yeah. the the life change is incredibly different. No, what, he right? should have already known better. Right, exactly. Yeah. Right. This, is, a this isn't a question of, like, your innocence versus your arrogance. This is a question of, like, just your privilege and your arrogance, right, and how those maybe got a little bit ahead of you, right? Um, and where it's really okay, I think, to be like, hmm, yeah, I really effed up here. Yeah. You know, and say, this was my bad. You know, yeah. and, and I take the fall for this. I shouldn't have never done that. And I deserve what's coming to me. I think we saw like Morgan Wallen do this one with like stuff that happened over COVID. And whether, whether you think it was genuine or not, you don't have to necessarily think. Um, but he was like, nobody take the fall for me here. You know, when he used a racial slur against a person that was yeah. caught on camera. And you go, no one take the fall for me here. That was my bad. And they did the same thing to, was it Deshaun Watson when he talked about um, the anti-Semitic? Might have been. Yeah, slurs. And there was a Jewish uh, person, I think it was actually a part of the Holocaust, and it was at Auschwitz. Um, and he was like, hey, dude, look, this is how it is. Yeah. And it wasn't a hateful, like, you suck, you don't get it. Um, this person who lived through the Holocaust was like, I want you to understand um, I, I studied abroad in Vienna, Austria. I got to go to Auschwitz. It was one of the most dense, ah, uh, geez, dense. I wasn't not like, My, it's like, indescribable. Probably. It was, 
Yeah, it was one of the most dense experiences. That's what I was kind of looking for sure. that I've ever experienced. Uh, I thought I was going to go in with really sad emotions. I just was ticked the entire time because I was like, how the crap does yeah. this happen? Yeah. Right? You know, that was the thing that just moved me the most. And I was like, mm. And as you go to a place like that, you walk away going, okay, I'm a part of the legacy to make sure that this never happens ever again. And there's something to be said for what you're saying, Morgan Wallen. I think also people underestimate, like, just the American population of uh, not everyone. Yeah, there's a lot of cancel culture. There's a lot of people who are quick to anger, yeah. sure. But there's also Keyboard a lot of people warriors. out there that yeah. when that first email came out about John Gruden, t- you you tell me if I'm right or wrong on this. I, I'm just I'm not saying I know this, but I'm just throwing out a I'm thinking out loud. He comes out and he says that email was wrong. Go, apologize for that one. He said there's also other emails in there that I'm sure are going to come out that I want to get ahead of. Mm. I was an idiot. This that should have never said it. I'm going to go apologize to Goodell. I'm going to do all this. It was ridiculous. If they want to fire me, I understand. Yeah. Just go gets and does all of that and is yeah. genuine about it. How outraged do you think people are right now? Not nearly as close. Yeah. Not nearly as much. That's I don't know fair. if he still maybe he still gets fired, but it's a completely different attitude around him. Yeah. I'm not even talking about controlling the narrative because that sounds disingenuous. I mean, if he's I just agree. genuine in front of it. Yeah. I agree. And he just says, you know, whatever. I just yeah, like Morgan Wallen did. Like yeah, people didn't love it, but his sales could have plummeted. And I think probably would have. Now, there's also some other reasons for that that we can talk about. And I think the question for some people, too, I will say, because a friend of mine, her her dad is is in country music. And he was like, well, you know, this no publicity is bad publicity is super true because it was like, you know, Morgan Wallen's albums are selling off the rack right now. Right. And so you just want to be like, "Mm." so maybe you're curious. You're like, maybe this is enabling that kind of culture, which you don't want to do. But you're like, but I'm trying to report on the facts. So what do you do? Right. Yeah. It's just a weird situation. Yeah. But so to get aside from that, that's the whole John Gruden is that is what it is. Right. Let's do a let's do a recap last week going into this week and then maybe we'll do a player thing at the end. But last yes. week, what are some of your thoughts about last week in the NFL? What stood out to you? Oh, my gosh. Um, Joe Burrow is a real deal. Yeah. Him and Jamari Chase are so fun to watch. Yeah. That's a tough game to watch him win against my Packers. <laughs> yeah. I like to watch him lose, I mean. Um, but what a kicking duel. <laughs> my gosh. But like, geez, you like the Bengals look good. Like, Joe Burrow and Jamar yeah. Chase are insane together. They're like a match made in heaven. I can't believe Jamar Chase can catch a ball now. I agree. Who would have thought? We could talk all about that. The Rams, 4-1. <laughs> and one. Russell Wilson is out for the foreseeable that future. Hurt. That's tough. That's, that's what happens really when you tough. don't give him an O-lineman for his entire career. Ugh, yeah. So that's been the hardest part, I think, about this this early part of the season right now is you're like, oh, man, you just lose one of your guys. Jeez. Um, I'm still looking down the line. Vikings win. Lions are 0-5. I feel bad. It's God. tough because I, he's he's a quarterback that I'm like, man, he's good. Like he's, they're a he's good like the top team. tier. He's the top tier of like the average good quarterbacks. Yeah, he's the top of that, right? No, I agree. Um, what do you think about Dan Campbell showing some emotion? I don't know. It's hard. It's tough. I mean, look, I I can appreciate it. it. Just it is odd to see a guy who preseason was talking about taking people's kneecaps to now crying. But yeah, you know, you do you. But look, Lions are in recent memory the best zero and five team that I have seen recently. That's a really good point. And they've had they've played decent teams to get to there. And, and they've lost people. Jeff Okuda's out. Yeah, he was out week one. I think correct. Week two maybe. Yeah, the, I mean the biggest question now too is, uh, you know, the Panthers are three and two. They had a nice little start. They did. I'm, but, I'm being honest. But, I never believed in it. Well, and McCaffrey's out. That's a huge push. That's your guy, you yeah. know? That's fair. Mm. That's so fair. That's hard. He's got the hamstring injury. He's done yeah. right now. Um, Jalen Hurts, tough <laughs> tough week five. They fall two and three. He still looks really good, though. Um, excuse me, they won week five. They're two and three. They came back against Carolina. Yeah, you're right. It was a crazy game. You're right. Um, but most importantly, Spencer, Titans won. Three and two, though. Three and two. That's a weird thing. They three. said it they're couldn't a, be done. They're <laughs> a tough three and two. I mean, like, they're, they're like a, a sad three and two. Exactly. They should be four and one. The only loss they should have had should have been to the, should have been to the Cardinals. Yeah, you can't Because Kyler Murray and Deontre Hopkins and J.J. Water just ridiculous. We talked about it, about me and Mike Vrabel and all that. I can't do it again. Here's what's going to happen, and I'm putting – if I could put money on this, I would. I don't know if there's a prop for it. Mm-hmm. These next – three of the next four games, mm-hmm. Titans are playing Bills, Chiefs, at Rams. Those all three should be big losses on paper. Oh, yeah. What's going to happen is the Titans are going to win one of those games. Yeah. Where you're going to say – Titans fans are going to say, okay, that cancels out the Jets' loss. No, it yep. doesn't. No, it doesn't. Because – you sorry if that just broke the speaker. No, it doesn't, because you're going to win one of those games, and you should win one at least, even without that loss to the Jets. So yeah. what happens was, let's say you beat the Bills. Now you're five and one. Yeah, five and one. Just beat the Bills. Now you got Chiefs. Okay, lose to the Chiefs. Fine. Now you're five and two. 
Indy, we're better than Indy. Six and two. You lose to Rams, fine. See, you're six and three coming out of those tough games. Yeah. Are you kidding? Against That'd top, be unbelievable. Against top tier opponents, like, and, and when they played Arizona, it wasn't even. It wasn't even cute. No, it that was, was just so a game bad. that was over before it started. Exactly. Yeah. So, and coming into week one, everyone was like, "Oh man, we're gonna roast the Cardinals." I was like, "Yeah, I'm doubtful." No, I mean, I didn't think we were going to win, but I didn't realize that Todd Downing only knew how to run, run, pass. Uh, but that's fine. Yeah, so it was oh, weird. Oh, my gosh. But Do wh- you really buy into this idea that Ryan Tannehill's your quarterback for the for the championship team? Yes and no. Oh, my gosh. Yes and no. Here's we had the why. same question about Mariota, and that's the question where I'm just like, I come back to here's, it. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Here's why. People have, these this recent years, teams have shown you you don't need a Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes or an Aaron Rodgers to get to a Super Bowl. Not even talking about Nick Foles. That's a dream whatever type thing. Jared Goff got there. Okay, you say he had Sean McVay. Who cares? Jared Goff is not a Super Bowl kind of quarterback, at least right now. That's a fair point. He got there. That's Jimmy fair. Garoppolo. Not a Super Bowl. You say he had a good defense. I don't care. He's not a Super Bowl kind of quarterback. He got there. Mm-hmm. Had a lead. Should have won that game. Should have won that game. So, yeah, you don't need these kind of guys. Now, I, I don't think Tannehill, I think he's been underrated at times. I think he's been overrated at times. I think he's a decent quarterback that can win you games. But that fits in perfectly with the Titans. But I think he's overrated right now. I think he's right got, now. Yes, because I think there's too much on him. Yeah. Right? Well, people are talking about you the still sacks. have these expectations of like this guy's supposed to be like he's supposed to be a Mahomes level, and you're like he's not that kind of quarterback. He's not there. And people are talking about the sacks. They're saying he doesn't have a lot of time to throw. Yeah. Look, the O line's been pitiful. However, you watch some of these games. They're not all on the O line. Tannehill will sit in there and he just doesn't get rid of it. Well, and also like I mean, guys are dropping balls that should be and should be caught between the hands. I mean. Yeah. They just look like they've been out of sync. Yeah. And now, granted, the Titans have been, it looks like historically the last couple of years, they've been a team that gets better as they go, which is fine. It's fine. Can but we just like, be good the whole season for once? And and can you just play? I mean, the biggest question for the Titans has been, can you just play at the level of your competition that you're going up against, right? Yeah. And above it, right? Play at the, like, stop playing down to your competition. Play at the level you know you can. I think I just contradicted my words. But, no, I get like, you, you are kidding me. You are kidding me. You should have beat the Jets 44 to 5. Just smoked them. Right? You should have beat the Jaguars like you did, right? And and just make that argument. You you won a huge game at Seattle, right? They've never like guess what? Seattle has not lost with Russell Wilson as their quarterback in their opening in their in their opening home. home they were going for 13 in a row. Guess what? They lost. Yeah. Right? So so you're like you have the ability to beat these teams and play well against them, but like if you're just going to continue to underperform and play to your team's level, like you're you're just not going to do it. No, I it's that's why it's it's almost sometimes better to be the underdog than it is to be the guy. No, right? I agree. Titans will literally I'm telling you, we're gonna beat either one of Bills, Chiefs, or Rams because that's what we do. Mm. We have a stupid loss to one of the worst teams in football, and then we'll beat a really good one. Yeah. And you'll say, What the heck? It's gonna happen. It's like the Patriots in twenty eighteen. Yeah. Or yeah, twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen, when they beat the Patriots at like by like fifty, and people are like, Oh, we're about to get washed. Yeah. And then we, we beat the Patriots like forty seven to like twenty. We killed them. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. It's it's one of those weird things. Who was your who was your player of the week last week? You said Joe Burrow. You riding with him? Oh man, sheesh! I think that I might do. Oh, that's hard, man. I, I forgot. I forgot. This is the question. I think that you know what? I'm going to do a pre-player of the weeks. Looking ahead, it's going to be Logan Webb. Oh, fair enough. Logan Webb's going to. I think he's going to throw the game. I, I hope he throws the game. I mean, I hope I'm not just like bad jujuing just him. Just jinxing like Logan hardcore. right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping for like a solid seven inning shutout tonight, maybe nine. Just a Wainwright kind of game. Yeah. Okay. Like I'm thinking like quick innings, ground balls, no hard hit. I think the Giants want it bad. I think that if I'm the Giants, I'm so sick and tired of hearing about the like the like the little brother Dodgers all season yeah. or big brother Dodgers, and yeah. then just being the team that like you know what the Dodgers they won a World Series last year, sort of I guess. But like, I mean, I've learned to like love the game as much as I can to look at an unbiased point of view and say say about a team like, look, the Giants. One in ten, they won in twelve, they won in fourteen. They have had an interesting kind of go of it the last couple of seasons, but stayed competitive in their division and been a team that's always trying to spoil plans. Good night. It, it, the Giants could win a World Series this year. I also think the Red Sox are a team that they do the same thing. Yeah, they won in 04, 07, 13, 18, Right, this is a team that's that has continued to. They're going to win twice a decade. It's just the way it goes. Exactly, now. they're a team that has that has continued to reload and re and redo. Right, yeah. and just rego. So, yeah, my my pre player of the week, and hopefully with a star performance tonight, and maybe by the time you'll be hearing this, I'll be either right or wrong. Um, but Logan Webb, 
I think he's going to have the, the I think he's going to if he can throw the game of his life like he did on game 1, sheesh, walk watch out. Yeah, that'll be insane. I'll I'll do a quick two thing. I'll do player last week and then a quick player of the week coming up. Okay. Uh I'm trying not to be biased. Last week it was Josh Allen. Don't think I only do Titans fans cuz I say this or Titans players. I'm first of all, credit to Lamar Jackson. I'm not trying to leave him out. Yeah. Stupid week. He's a great quarterback. Threw I'm not, over 500 yards. Yes, I'm not trying to <laughs> downplay that cuz I know for the millions of Ravens fans that are listening, I know they're going to get upset. But I'm going to give it to Derrick Henry, and here's why. People say a lot of his, his yards came in garbage time. Yes and no. Some did, some didn't. Three touchdowns is still unbelievable. Here's why. Yeah. Every Going into this game, the comments on every post, Derrick Henry owns the Jaguars. Here we go again. You don't think the Jaguars, I don't care how stupid Urban Mine is, you don't think they were selling out on that run? And they did some set. He faced a stack box, I don't know how much percent of the time. It was like 70-something, something stupid. Yeah. So he gets 130 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah. He's the only player I've seen recently that you can literally game plan for and he'll still beat you. Exactly. At least on the offensive side. Aaron Donald does it sometimes, but unbelievable. Okay. Good for him. So last week, now, who's what's your what's your thing coming up? Coming into this week, look, it's it's tough. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Jared Goff, and here's why. Here's why. Breaking I, the curse, okay. The Bengals have looked pretty good. Their defense has even looked good at times, except for that Jacksonville game, which was weird because it's prime time. So okay, it's going to be a weird game. They've looked. Their defense has looked all right, considering they lost Carl Lawson. They've lost some good pieces. Mm-hmm. Their defense has looked all right, and Joe Burrow's been good. Going into this game, I don't think anyone in their right mind isn't picking Cincinnati right now. The line is Cincinnati is favored by three and a half. I think a lot of people are still going to take that because yeah. I think they're saying Detroit's zero and five. Detroit's been a good zero and five team. I they're agree. upset they've been losing these games. They're not going to roll over. I think Jared Goff is going to come out and be like. Yeah, maybe I'm not Sean McVay. He's like, but I, maybe I'm not Matt Stafford. He's like, but I have something. Like, we're doing something here. Yeah. I think he goes for 300. I'll even call it 353 touchdowns. I, he, I think he has a stupid game. Okay. I can't wait to see how wrong I am. I'm sure he's going to throw five interceptions now that I just said that. <laughs> but I think he's going to. So don't pick Jared Goff for fantasy this week. No. In fact, just because I said this, do not touch that game now that I just said that. That's <laughs> fair. But I'm, I'm excited to see. Should be a fun NFL week. Okay. Well, we'll be back with you guys next week. Hopefully we'll be hearing this, and by the time uh, we'll see what the postseason has to offer. But other than that, though, this is the TBD Podcast. Um, Spencer, we got a plug for your Instagram. What's what's the Instagram? My Instagram, you can He's join private. my 700 other followers. Uh, <laughs> I, that might be generous, actually. Uh, what is it? Spencer Barnaby 10. All right. If you don't know how to spell it, I'd, DM I us. don't know that I know how to spell it. Yeah. yeah. I I don't know. Just uh, you'll figure it out. You'll, I mean, look at the guy with 700 followers and a high school soccer picture as his profile picture still. Yeah. And you'll find me. That's right. Uh, you find me at Mr. John Tomlinson on probably on Instagram and Twitter. Um, that's my, my two main points. I don't do much Facebook. But other than that, though, we appreciate you all listening to us, uh, listening with us. And we will be back with you next week for more sports news, more player updates, more, more talk around the town about uh, kind of what's coming around for the sporting events that are going to be happening here as we're coming up and getting closer to the World Series. So, all right. Thank you all for listening with us. Appreciate it. Have a good one.